welcome to episode 174 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to rebook a canceled flight. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about gaming resolutions. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, Sleuth, Mantis, and Colorbrain Disney Edition. Then, we talk about our gaming goals for the new year. And now, here are your hosts, Tambi and Crystal. Recently, I played Sleuth, which is actually an old game. This is 1971, designed by Sid Saxon. It's a card deduction game. So basically like Clue, if you've played Clue, (laughs) Sleuth is similar to that, but there's no board. So in Sleuth, it's a classic deduction game where you're looking for the gem that's been stolen. There's a deck of cards that has a bunch of different types of gems of different colors, numbers, and types of gems. So there's like diamonds, opals. There's four different types of gems. There's either one, two, or three. And then there's four different colors of the gems. So like there's all of those combinations. 48 cards that that have the gem. And then you put aside one of them at the beginning of the game. And that's face down. And then the other rest get dealt out to every player. Like in Clue. So there's one card that you're trying to guess. And everyone gets this little sheet that shows the grid of of the different gems that are possible. And on your turn, there's another deck of cards that has things like a red diamond or... Like it says these on the cards, red diamond or a green opal or a red pear. A pear means there's there's two gems on the card. So then those cards are what you can use to ask someone. So on your turn, you have a hand of four cards that are face up in front of you. You pick one of those and give it to someone else and ask them how many red pairs do you have or like whatever's on your card. Some of the cards only have one thing, like how many red cards do you have? But a lot of them have two categories that you ask. So then they look at that. And then if there's two categories, they actually show you the cards that they have. They tell everyone at the table, like, oh, okay, I have two of those. And then they show you those two. And so you get to mark that down. But if it's only one attribute, like how many red cards do you have? They just say the number. They don't show it to you because that could be a large number. (laughs) So you just keep going around until someone can guess the thing, like in Clue. (laughs) And basically this is a classic deduction game. It feels a lot like Clue, but there's no board and no like rolling dice. But instead, the luck comes in the cards that you are dealt because you can only ask those questions. But that gives you like a little bit more leeway than like having to go to a specific room on the board in Clue, I think. (laughs) So I like Sleuth better than Clue. I I liked Clue growing up a lot. So I I would actually probably still play Clue now. (laughs) I I mean, have you seen the new edition that they just came out with? No, I have not. What? Oh my gosh, the box (laughs) is great. They have changed up the characters a little bit. Basically, they've modernized them. So like there isn't a maid anymore, for Mm -hmm. instance. Like it's definitely a little more diverse and gender friendly than the original Mm -hmm. clue was. I haven't looked to see if there are any new rules or rule changes, but based on just the thematic and character updates alone, I am really excited about it. I think (laughs) it looks really neat and I think it'll be a great way for kids to get into a classic Mm -hmm. game without maybe some of the, you know, more sexist tropes that were in the original, which, you know, we all loved Clue. I I loved Clue, but it is nice to see it modernized. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, but but I like Sleuth better. (laughs) 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 It does feel a little bit different, like the deduction part, but it's still similar enough, I think. So if you like like the classic deduction game, the Sleuth is good. It plays technically three to seven players. Most recently I played it three players, but I've had this for a while and, and I played it once at seven players. I'm never going to play it again at seven players because it takes so long at seven players because you're just asking one person a question on your turn and then each person only has a few cards. So like it takes so 
long to get information and then like everyone was getting information wrong because like you're trying to mark down all the notes and stuff so uh it's it's better at like three or four players probably <laughs> but yeah sleuth is a good deduction game but i think like a lot of deduction games of that type you you don't want too many players I recently had a game day with some of my friends here in Vegas, and I had purchased a copy of a game that was taught to me a few months ago called Mantis. And so I bought my own copy and taught it to my friends. Mantis is published by Exploding Kittens, designed by Ken Gruel and Jeremy Posner. And the art is by Matthew Inman. And if you are a fan of the website, The Oatmeal, you are likely familiar with Matthew Inman and his work, his webcomic are pretty famous at this point. Even if you don't know what the oatmeal is, chances are you've seen comics from the oatmeal (laughs) if you've been on the internet. And Exploding Kittens was the first board game that his company published and then they turned that basically into a company. So Exploding Kittens is now both a game and a company. And they've published a bunch of other games like Throw Throw Burrito and Poetry for Neanderthals. And I'll say, for the record, a good number of the games that they publish are not typically my jam like they're very light casual like family friendly well not necessarily the content but like the you know like they're they're not hobby gamer games most of the time they're more casual mantis is also a very casual game but in my estimation it is one that should be in every hobby gamers toolkit for when a you have a little bit of time to kill and you just need something quick and casual or you are playing with less savvy gamers or people who are non-gamers because it is light and quick and fun and it's one of those take that games that doesn't feel specifically mean to any individual player because everyone's mean to everybody all the time in a fun way (laughs) so in mantis it is based on the mantis shrimp which are these like terrifying rainbow colored sea creatures google mantis shrimp and you will have your mind blown but all of the cards have a different color of mantis shrimp on the front and on the back of the card it will indicate three different colors and there are also icons related to the colors so it's dual coded for colorblind friendliness but the back of the card will show you three colors one of those three colors is the color of the shrimp on the front of the card but you don't know which all of the players start with four shrimp face up in their tank and then each player has a score pile on your turn there the deck is in the middle of the table and you can do one of two things you can flip over the top card into your own tank to try and score or you can flip over a card into someone else's tank to try and steal cards from them what you're trying to do is match colors so if i have shrimp in my tank that are pink purple and yellow and the card that's on top of the deck shows that it has or the shrimp on the front is either pink purple or blue then i've Mm -hmm. got a good chance of that card matching something in my tank so i Mm -hmm. might try and flip it over and score in my tank if it matches once i flip it over those cards will go into my score pile if i flip it over into someone else's tank and the shrimp matches one of their shrimp I get to take all of the shrimp of that color from them and put them into my tank. So now they're still stealable by other players. They're not scored yet. You still have to score them later by flipping something up into your own tank. But it's like, so cards are getting passed around constantly. It's like mayhem. And the first person to score 10 cards wins the game. So it is very fast. Like we ended up, there was a pile of pink shrimp that kept getting passed around from friend to friend until there were like (laughs) seven shrimp in this pile. And we were just like, oh my gosh, that, that, if, if somebody can score it, but we kept stealing it from each other. So mm-hmm. it 
super light, super quick, easy to teach. The artwork is fun and colorful. Honestly, like this kind of falls in the same realm for me as something like Push, where it is- I was just is, thinking that. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, it really fits in that same niche. It is fun to play, genuinely fun to play. And it you don't have to think at all when you're playing it, which is really nice sometimes. So mm-hmm. if you are kind of like me and you- tend to not look at the stuff that Exploding Kittens is putting out because you think you might not be interested. I would say if you've got a quiver that you carry around with some card games in it, honestly, take a look at Mantis. I think it's a lot of fun and it's great to teach others. So that is Mantis from Exploding Kittens. Cool. One other game I got to play with my friends that really surprised me was Color Brain Disney Edition. Ambie, I figured you might be interested in this one. <laughs> I so, play this one. <laughs> there is a regular version of Color Brain, which I have not played. So my only experience with this line is the Disney edition. This is published by Big Potato Games, designed by Tristan Williams. And in Color Brain, there is a giant deck of cards. On one side of the card, it will ask you a question related to colors in Disney works. We're talking across the spectrum, like old Disney movies, newer Disney stuff. The game was published in 2019, so it is fairly up to date. We're only a few years ahead of it at this point. So for instance, one of the ones that came up that was easy was what color is Belle's dress? And everyone knew that Belle's dress was, well, that's the thing. Oh, I had a problem with that because they didn't specify her ball gown. They just said Belle's dress and everybody did put yellow, but I was like, technically blue. I would have argued that blue counts as well. So that was, that was actually something that I thought was interesting, but Abby, can you name the two colors of the oh, rocket oh that gets strapped to Buzz Lightyear's back? Oh, I'm not. A, I don't know Toy Story as well. Uh, no. Okay. Or what about Flit the Hummingbird from Pocahontas? The three colors uh, not including his eyes. <laughs> it's like greenish blue. <laughs> this is... So you're, what you're doing, uh, struggling with right now is what we struggled with the whole time, basically. Because yeah. you you think you know. You're like, oh, I definitely know this movie. And then they pull this up and you're like, wait. <laughs> and so what's really neat about this game is it isn't just you get points for being right. In this game, you get points based on how many other players or teams got it wrong. So if oh, everybody okay. gets it right, no one scores. But if you get it right and everyone else gets it wrong, you get a point for each player or team that got it wrong. So it's really interesting like that. And then the first person to, I believe, 10 points wins the game. Mm -hmm. So again, this is another light, quick one. But if you have Disney fans in your life, uh, (laughs) this one, super great. I really enjoyed it. It kind of, I was like, oh my gosh, how much do I know Disney stuff? And there was one that came up from Big Hero 6. I've never actually Mm -hmm. seen Big Hero 6. And I think it was about the bad guy. I don't even remember the name now. But when it came up, I was just like, okay, think of bad guy colors. And it was three colors. And I got them right. Like, just by, like, I was like, probably red, black, or whatever. And so there are those moments where even if you don't know a thing, you can kind of use your knowledge of Disney in general and other stuff. Yeah. It was honestly quite fun. So I don't know how the regular color brain game works like what it is what is referencing but if you're a fan of disney and you like little trivia quick games like this honestly colorbrain disney edition also great so i would definitely recommend it and uh i really have liked a lot of the games that big potato has put out there their stuff is definitely more on the lighter casual side but also super fun 
Yeah, I didn't even realize there was a normal color brain. I, like, I've only heard of the Disney Edition one. Yeah, I didn't know either until I looked it up mm-hmm. on Board Game Geek. And yeah. then I was like, oh, there is regular. Here, I'm actually going to pull up regular color brain. From, so it was released in 2017. Here on their website, playable color characters in Cluedo. What color is naranja in Spanish? So it's more general trivia. Okay. But yeah, I would still highly recommend it. It's great. <laughs> Ambie, can you believe that it is 2023? <laughs> kind of. <but> kind <laughs> of not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this, I, so the pan, this is now year four of the pandemic. That kind of blows my mind, right? Like the yeah. whole past three or four years has kind of been a blur. And uh, <laughs> the 2022 went by lightning fast for me. But it is, in fact, a new year. And what a lot of people do at the beginning of any new year is make resolutions. And Mm -hmm. some people, you know, make resolutions to better their health or something with their work. Or maybe like a lot of people are doing dry January where they don't drink in January. But I don't really drink anyway. So that one doesn't work (laughs) for me. So uh, in our Discord, though, we've had some people chatting about their gaming resolutions for this year. And you suggested that as something that we could discuss today. And I thought that was a really awesome idea. Yeah, I personally don't really do resolutions, but I was still thinking about them because like I can kind of have some not really resolutions, but kind of maybe resolutions. You and I are honestly, we're in a very similar boat here because (laughs) I tend to stress out about Mm -hmm. things that I formalize, but I do also like to have abstract goals for myself like nothing you know like super like I I never do the 10 by 10 challenge which Mm -hmm. shout out to Sarah Reed good friend of the show rolling with two is her YouTube channel that she does with her husband Will and it is awesome y'all should go check it out but Sarah Reed is actually who came up with the 10 by 10 Mm -hmm. challenge on board game geek forever ago and that is where people commit to play 10 different games 10 times each during the course of a year Mm -hmm. I don't do that because it stresses me out. Although (laughs) I've realized that I play on Board Game Arena so much now that the 10 by 10 would probably be really easy for me if I chose games that I play on Board Game Arena. But then at that point, it's not a challenge anymore. And (laughs) that's where if it was a challenge, it would stress me out. So I just don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens with me too. Like there's all these challenges. It's like, okay, I just do that anyway. So I not going to do that challenge. But then the ones that are a challenge is like, I don't want to feel the pressure to have to do it. <laughs> right. Like, cause I think, you know, I've heard people even do like one by 100 where they play one game a hundred times. And mm-hmm. I can see where that could lend itself to a really interesting deep dive into a game that yeah. you love. I also feel like it could turn into something absolutely mind-numbingly annoying <laughs> because if at any point you're just like, okay, this is enough. Like I I have definitely played games a hundred times, but not in the mm-hmm. same year usually. And I don't, yeah, I don't want to be forced into doing something like that. But yeah. I do kind of have some goals for myself in what I, like I have it's not like I go into any given year or time frame and go, I don't know at all what I want to play. But because I do, I kind of know what I want to play. <laughs> also for me, like the resolution, sometimes I come up with something that's like a resolution, but it's not really in January or something. Like it's like, oh, okay. Because it's already, we're recording this on January 8th. 
So I, I haven't come up with anything yet, but I was thinking maybe I'll come up with some resolutions you know, like next week or something for New Year's resolutions. I'm a little <laughs> late on that. <laughs> well, it's interesting because a lot of the things that I generally want to do as a gamer can be somewhat situational. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy campaign games, legacy mm, games, yeah. you know, larger gaming experiences. And so part of me is like, I think I want to do more of that. But if, I, if yeah. it can't be played solo, then I have to have a dedicated group. I guess that's the problem with board game resolutions. Like you need a group to play it unless it's yeah you need other thing, people so. basically in on it with you <laughs> yeah and if they're not then like we, you had an, an issue at one point where you were playing a legacy game and the people you were playing with like kind of got disinterested right is that right am i remembering well, this well we're still in the middle of pandemic legacy season two <laughs> but i think the one year we tried to do our 10 by 10 challenge we picked games but one of the games was one that our friend owned so like we played eight of those but then like our friend didn't want to play it anymore so <laughs> we didn't get to 10. <laughs> right. So. Which I should give a disclaimer right now, both for ourselves and for anyone listening to this. Give yourself grace. Like if you would like to set goals for yourself, whether it's related to gaming or otherwise, be mm -hmm. kind to yourself. It, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the world is not going to stop spinning if you do not play a game 10 times in a year. So please feel free to set goals for yourself if you so choose. But, you know, don't stress about it or try not to. I am a person who stresses about everything. So this is coming from a place of lots of knowledge and love on my part. Just, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for me, like story-based campaign games, mm -hmm. legacy games, things like that. Like I still haven't played Clank Legacy and I desperately mm -hmm. want to play that one. I know Greg listens to the podcast. So Greg, I know that you want to play legacy games too. Maybe, maybe we can make Clank Legacy happen. I'm just saying. And then I just in the mail got Artisans of Splendor and fail Ooh. and I am so excited about that but I think I'm going to be playing that with Dan so that will be dependent on since we're currently long distance when he can come visit although if he moves here soon hopefully that'll make that easier I won't lie I my boyfriend moving in with me is something I'm looking forward to for a lot of reasons but board <laughs> gaming is definitely one of them yeah for me I think that I mean I want to just play I want to play more games with my kids and have them just be able to play more games, which is exciting. I've already played a bunch of games with my kids. So I was looking at my stats today for this year. And this is also part of why I was thinking about resolutions is because, so today's January 8th. I already have 13 plays of nine different games this year. Wow. I was like, wow, I'm on track to do a new game a day on average. And I'm like, I'm not going to keep doing that because I'm going to start like replaying games and stuff. But, and a lot of these are kids games. The person that I've played games with the most so far is one of my kids. Oh, <laughs> so that's playing. so sweet though. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. I've been playing a lot of kids games with them and like actually playing through the game. Well, and your Kickstarter has been delivering all over the mm -hmm. world. And I got my copies of Board Game Day, your book, and Yay. took one to Missouri with me for Christmas and gifted it to my nephews. And so that was awesome. And then yeah. I have another copy that I'm planning on sending to my best friend, Elissa, in Sweden, because she just gave birth a couple of months ago. And so admittedly, mm. her kid is too little for it right now. <laughs> but hey, you still read books at bedtime, even to the little ones. So yeah. <laughs> I figured this and would be a good one short. to get, get her kiddo started. Mm -hmm. Yay. Yeah, my kids haven't asked me to read it to them since we got it. <laughs> they might have uh, had too much of it when, when we had like the prototype version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We read it a lot back then. 
other, I guess, goals, whatever you want to call them for myself for this year, I'm still trying to find ways to game comfortably, like Mm -hmm. from a health and safety point of view, because I am still high risk for COVID and other illnesses as well. And so I still am not going to public gaming spaces on a like any type of regular basis at all. Mm-hmm. I am planning on attending Dice Tower West in March here in Vegas, but I'm going to try. I, I know that I'm, I f- I'm fairly certain masks are not going to be required at all at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they'll have a mask room or not, but I am going to be wearing a mask and I'm going to probably buy like a one of the like fancy ones, Mm -hmm. not instead of just the disposables, but I'm trying to figure that out. But really like for me, we're kind of in a new state of world and I do, I don't want to stop gaming because of all of that, but I also do need to be able to protect myself and others. And so I'm trying to kind of figure out where those lines need to be drawn for myself where I'm not putting myself and others at risk where but where I can still get in the gaming that I want to like I would love to be able to go back out to Meepleville again at some point and uh there's a place in town called Sheba Games that does gaming on Thursday nights that I would like to go to and I just Mm -hmm. it has been hard for me to get to a place where I feel comfortable with that and so I'm still working toward that but I I have a feeling that I'll be able to figure it out this year hopefully we went to actually like well it's not that local but (laughs) Gamelandia is a game store in Palo Alto. It's like 25 minute drive or something for us, which is kind of a lot when you have kids. <laughs> um, so, but we went, they had like a game area and then they have masks um, in there. So that was actually pretty cool because like if people are playing in there, they have, because they have high risk people who could play in there and then like masks required and then I think no eating in there too, I think. But I mean, we were the I'm so jealous. in there when we went. So like when sure. I, when I visited San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I mean, was it back I in 2021 now? <laughs> Probably. Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. But regardless, like point. we were out at like a park and everybody was wearing their masks and I was so excited. I was just like, yay, people who care. Because <laughs> people in Vegas, they, 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 don't, <laughs> they don't wear masks anywhere. So it was nice to be in an area where people were, were masking more regularly. And I, I kind of wish that that was the case here, but you know, it is what it is. Well, even here, it's like not not as much anymore. And and my kids yeah. are in preschool now. Like that that's mask optional now. So it's like okay, we're gonna get sick. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just a matter of time. But we are also planning to go to Dice Tower West <laughs> with Yay! our kids. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, we're probably not gonna be going to much of the convention, but that'll only be like our first big convention since having kids like non-local convention since having kids where we're actually like traveling for a convention we're definitely not going to be able to play games like we used to at conventions but maybe we'll play some games so that's i guess so what you're saying is i should toddler proof my house and then you all can just come over here and we'll just hang out at my house and play games while everybody else is at the convention center well we have an airbnb so we could hang out there too well there you go then i will just come crash at your airbnb perfect That sounds like a good plan. One of the members of our Discord shared their gaming resolution, and that was from Gameritis Guy, who said probably their resolution would be to get more of their games to the table. They said that their goal was intentionally abstract, and they're working on the details, but they said, like, I can't take a game off the table unless I play it. (laughs) I think that's really a clever and cute way of doing it, potentially, because I I know for me, I will see things on the shelf and just go, oh yeah, I should play that. But then I don't kind of come back around to it. And so I wonder if I like placed things physically on the table, (laughs) if that would encourage me to 
you know, open them up and play them. I do have a decent number of unplayed games still on my shelf, as a lot of us do. And that, I think, is always a goal for me as well, is trying to get through the games that I own and haven't played yet. Because I do buy games to play them, not just to keep them on the shelves. Yeah, I have a few games that we've been meaning to play for a long time. Like we got them and then it's like, okay, yeah. Oh yeah, we still need to play this game. We still need to play this game. <laughs> like, So like Formosa T is a kind of heavier Euro game. I'm not sure how heavy it is, but it's about making Taiwanese tea. And so we got it for the theme and it looked like it was a good game too, but we just like haven't played it yet <laughs> it's been hard to play like the longer games too for us and then also cuba libre we played two players once last year and i checked it was last year january 2nd so it's been over a year now and we after we played it we we're like oh we should play it four players sometime or like play it two player again and play like the other roles so we get the other roles and we just haven't <laughs> been able to play it again <laughs> it's like sometime we're gonna play it at four player <laughs> It's the best and worst problem to have as a gamer is trying to decide whether you play a game that you've already played that you want to come back to or mm -hmm. whether you play that game that you haven't played yet because <laughs> it's it's like a Schrodinger's board game, right? Like it could be the best game ever or the worst game ever. You don't know until you've played it. So and then I, you end up playing neither of them. <laughs> I mean, honestly, a lot of the time that is what happens, but... I will say that I played a lot of games in 2022, mm -hmm. mostly because of our Discord and being able to play oh, games uh -huh. online on Board Game Arena. In fact, let's actually take a gander real quick. I want to see how many games I played in 2022 just on Board Game Arena. I'm going to look at mine just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like three. Okay, if you had to take a shot in the dark, Ambie, just like completely with, you know, whatever. How many games do you think I played on Board Game Arena in 2022, just in total? Do you want to guess mine first? <laughs> yes, I'm just okay, counting. for yours... I'm going to guess 10. Nope, 7. <laughs> okay, but I was pretty close. <laughs> yes. And you, I don't know. Oh my gosh. 300. 798. Oh I played oh 800 games. So on average, that means like if there's 365 lot, days yeah. in a year, I'm playing on average two games a day just on board game arena. Oh, because you also, do you also play async games? I or? do. Oh, I play okay. real time and async. Uh yeah, like in like earlier this week, I had like nineteen async tables going oh on board gosh. game arena. Okay. That, that's efficiency <laughs> well, right there. I tweeted, and for the record, I'm going to say this on the podcast too. If anybody out there is like, I don't have anybody to play games with online, and I would really like to, you can invite me to a game on board game arena. My username is Dabo Girl D A B O G I R L. You can invite me to a table, and I would be happy to play a game with you. Please look at my profile and see what games I know, because that might make it easier. Although. I will admit, I'll give a shout out to Mimi, who is on Board Game Arena and saw my tweet about this and invited me to play a game that I had never played before called Almondi, which apparently is hard to get in the United States. But it's a tile laying game and I didn't quite understand what was happening through most of it. But now that I've played it once, I'm like, I kind of like this and I want to play it again. <laughs> so if you want to invite me to a game that I don't know and kick my butt at it, I guess you can do that too. But I honestly, it's it's been really neat to be able to play games online. And I know, you know, people like you and there are others who don't enjoy playing board games on the computer or digitally at all. But I've really, like, really enjoyed it quite a bit. So, yeah, if anybody out there needs a, a game companion for, on Board Game Arena, hit me up. Yeah, that's cool. 
I remembered another kind of resolution, not really resolution that I thought of is that I want to, yeah. I, I want to go back or get back into doing a little bit more print and play. So I had kind of burned out on learning new print and play games because I was doing a bunch of those, uh, streaming them and then making videos on them and learning new ones all the time. So it would like, it was tiring, like printing out, assembling them and learning rules to new games every week. So so I, I took a break for a while, but I, I do have more that I want to play. And I found some that are like children's print and play games. Oh, yay! <laughs> so, so there's one called Co-op Train Game. Like that's the name of it. It's for four-year-olds, I think. Or like the, the community says four to six years old. So I might want to try printing that out because my kids like trains. <laughs> oh, that's such a cute idea. I love it. It's funny. I'm not against the idea of print and play games, but I don't have a printer. <laughs> so yeah, like, my printer isn't really working well anymore. So I kind of want to get a new one. But I listened yeah. to a podcast at one point about why printers feel so outdated tech-wise compared to like other things like video games, computers, you know, whatever. Like printers don't haven't like advanced in the same ways that other technology have because mm-hmm of the physical pieces mm-hmm. and parts like the the ha- yeah, the ability to physical, move yeah. paper through a machine and put things on it, it you can't really like in- improve that in drastic ways and so that is why print home printers still suck for the most part but i don't know maybe at some point i'll get a printer again or i will i don't know print stuff at work but i don't ever want to get in trouble so i don't tend to do that <laughs> yeah my library has printing now so i keep forgetting though cuz i have like this backlog of photos I want to print out from my scrapbook and I keep forgetting to bring it to the library to print. (laughs) Library is a smart idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear from our listeners if they've made any gaming resolutions this year, Mm -hmm. whether they are formal, informal, or otherwise, hit us up in our Discord or on social media and let us know what your 2023 gaming resolutions are. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com for more content and links. This episode was sponsored by Great Fox Games. My favorite game from Grey Fox is Deception, Murder, and Hong Kong. Crystal, what's yours? My favorite game from Grey Fox is Champions of Midgard with the Dark Mountain and Valhalla expansions. That's three games. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get all of those at greyfoxgames.com. Join the Blizzard community on Discord for game nights, discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes. Support the show by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And this is the part where we would usually plug our Patreon page, but we've got something new and exciting coming soon, so stay tuned for more info in our next episode. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Topi Mal. Until next time, games lift us up and give us fun. Bye, everyone. Bye. Recently, I played Sleuth, which is actually an old game. Wait, where did the window go? I closed out of it. Did I close out of it? What? Okay. Um.